So welcome everybody to this week's press play with myself, George, aka George in the Meta, co-hosted as always by Gaspode. Hello. <laughs> Fantastic. This week we are going to be talking to Magicraft uh, on the topic of redefining MOBAs. As we've just heard, we are joined by Max from Magicraft. So Max, if you could just quickly introduce yourself and give us a little background about the game itself. Yeah, for sure. My name is uh, Max Jones. For the past two or so years, I worked with the ARBC and Sigma summits, which are essentially these in-person business-to-business networking events. We hosted them all around the world in South America, North America, Africa, Dubai, Europe, Cyprus, lots of different places. Um, but I also worked with Guy Ventures, which was the VC fund started by the CEO of that company. <clears throat> then I joined MagicCraft just a few months ago as one of the business developers. Um, and now kind of heading up the esports side of the company as well. Um, Magicraft in a gist is essentially a Web 2, Web 3 hybrid game in that the game by itself is completely playable with no NFT or token interaction, which is what's allowed us to get listed on platforms like um, the Apple Store and Steam as well, which is the new exciting one. Um, and then what we've done as well is essentially built in Web 3 functionality outside of the game, which allows... Um, tournaments and head-to-head and wagering with you know some fees that then redistribute to the free-to-play aspect of it so players can both play for free and earn um, and also wager on themselves if they think they're really good at the MOBA to, to really earn the big bucks. Fantastic a good little in-depth uh, brief of Magicraft there I think you summed it up very well as someone that has played the game for uh, a considerable amount of builds now I think I've played um, it's, uh, it's nice to hear you speaking of it as well. So what we normally like to do at the start of this, Max, is um, we've got reviews on Polkastart.gg, and we've got a review of your game. So I'm going to read the quick ex- extract from that and the pros and the cons, and then we can discuss. Um, this review in particular over on Polkastart.gg is written by our best writer on the platform. His name is George. Um, so let me just go ahead and read that for you guys. Magicraft is a unique and exciting game that aims to revolutionize the MOBA genre by eliminating minions, gold, and item shops. However, the game falls short in areas. The character roster is not well balanced, resulting in some characters being overpowered while others are underpowered. Additionally, the game's movement speed is slow for all characters, which can make gameplay feel sluggish. Lastly, the absence of gold and item shops can hurt the overall experience for players who are used to these features in traditional MOBAs. Despite these shortcomings, Magicraft is still a fun and entertaining game that offers a fresh take on the MOBA genre. Pros, super fun, easy to get into, unique approach to the traditional MOBA formula. Cons, strange camera angle, no gold or shop for items, and slow movement across the board. I do want to point out to everybody though, this review is back from very early January, which I believe is two builds ago. Um, But Max, if you would like to discuss our review. For sure, that's an interesting one. You know, I've heard a little bit of character imbalancing, which is something that we're essentially in a process of constantly updating. Um, I think with all MOBAs, it can be hard to get a fair balance. I mean, hats off to Dota 2 and League of Legends to have hundreds of characters that are all well, so well balanced. It is really hard to, to get fair character balancing. I mean, if you buff 
one ability by a tiny amount that actually has really big knock-on effects, unfortunately. Um, so we are still reworking, and there's some big stuff for essentially reworking entire characters. Um, but it's an interesting take. I hadn't heard the camera angle one, and I d definitely agree with that on the movement speed can be a little bit slow. But, you know, what I would say is that, is that Magic Craft, and I think this is a, a thing taken across all of Web3, is that they try and lean towards whatever the community's feedback is as much as possible. And, you know, we've got kind of reporter bug forms and, you know, suggested improvement forms live on the website. So all of this obviously feeds to a database that we're always taking into consideration while we're kind of tweaking the game, fixing things, editing, stuff like that. But oh my God, it was some good feedback. I'm going to have to look more into the reviews on your site. Uh, yeah, fantastic. I think uh, I like the way you're talking about the uh, game being built around the community feedback and the bug reports because I know some of the stuff has changed already. Um, I'm pretty certain on not the current build, but maybe a build ago, they did tweak the camera angle slightly, but it still just seems like a weird camera angle to someone that has got as many hours in Dota 2 as myself. And I do like how you touched on that as well, of balancing is a constant thing in MOBAs. So whilst there could potentially be imbalance now, there's always going to be imbalance in MOBAs. Dota's been going on for years, and I've already watched them in the DPC banning the same champions over and over again. So I don't really hold that against an early access MOBA, to be fair. So the next question I've got for you is, the game is a twist on MOBAs, but what gave you the inspiration for changing away from the traditional way MOBAs are made up and going more towards the style that Magic, Magic, bleh, Magic Craft is aiming towards? I think specifically it was the fact that Magic Craft was always kind of born on wanting to be a mobile first game. I mean, it still performs very, very well on the PC. And I think if you've played the PC yourself as well, you definitely play a little bit better if you're on the PC. But we went mobile first. And, you know, the average mobile player has maybe got, you know, a 15-minute break and they just want to play a quick game, you know? Um, so we kind of took into the ideology of you want a quick five-minute match. And in five minutes, if it's just based on, you know, you have to grind for a few minutes with typical MOBAs. They're 15 to, to 45 minutes. I played a, a fair bit of Dota to me probably five, six years ago now. Um, but we wanted a quicker, faster pace. I would say the, probably the biggest inspiration probably came from, from Battle Right, if anyone's played it. It was a game quite similar to us, where it's just nothing but action-packed, head-to-head, player and skill-based only. You know, there was a certain amount of customization and the fact that you could kind of take in different traits and things like that that gave you a boost to this ability, but then you lost X, Y, or Z of the other ability. But that's what we wanted, it to be purely skill-based, um, allowing people to jump on super quickly and just bash out a few games, you know, very quickly. And you mentioned there that you've kind of gone mobile first, and I think picking a sort of time slot that works for people on mobile, because as you say, you just want to pick up and have a quick go is really important with that. Has there been any other considerations in the game to make it more mobile first? And kind of how do you see that impacting on people who maybe do end up playing on the PC? I think part of it is optimization. The game itself is, although it's quite a big download on PC, on mobile it's very well optimized and it can run on the worst of worst phones. I mean, we've tried it on like the bottom of the level Android phones. I mean, they're not even called Android at that point, but obviously they run on the same OS. And part of that was, you know, we always had the Philippines in mind when it came to mobile-based games because it blew up for Axie Infinity. Um, and that's where, actually, at the moment, that's where our, the vast majority of our players are. So, you know, it was clearly from, from the start a very good one to target. 
what I would say as well is obviously that, you know, when you make a mobile game, you go for a little bit more of a simpler game. I mean, uh, Bang Bang Mobile Legends did a very, very complex game on their phone and did fantastically well. But we wanted to make it a little bit simpler than that. Generally, most Web3 games are a little bit simpler in general, right? And more just to the core gameplay itself. I would, I would agree that it definitely it would take away a little bit from the PC aspect. But I think in the long run, there'll be more of a... As we grow as a player base, there'll be a bit of a divide between the mobile players and the PC where you almost have different leagues, you know? It's not really that fair of an example to have mobile players against PC players because generally when you're on a PC, you can just essentially PC your players. <laughs> I hate to say it. A lot of the time we just beat mobile players. And mobile-based leagues, and it's actually something we're already looking to implement in our community tournaments and things like that, is a divide between... PC and mobile. I think that's a, a great point and a beautiful segue into my next question of how are you planning on facilitating competitive and kind of esports play? If you are currently responding, uh, Max, your microphone is still muted. Hey, sorry, I cut out for a second now. I'm not sure what happened to my Wi-Fi. Where exactly did you guys hear up until? Um, you finished off about the different leagues for mobile and PC. And I said it was a beautiful segue to my next question. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me now? Sam Fandango? Hello. George, can you hear me? I can, in fact, hear you, uh, Gaspode. I believe that Max may be experiencing Wi-Fi difficulties. Hey, can you guys hear me now? Yep. Yes, sir. Can you hear us? Well, it's good to know people in the audience can still hear all of us. Crypto Haddo, thanks hey, for the George, uh, big thumbs up there. I can hear you, Max. Can you hear me? Oh, nice one. Where, where exactly? Sorry, I cut out at some point there. Where did I get to when I was explaining about uh, the difference between PC and mobile? Um, you if you can... Until? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Right. So we we heard about the different leagues separating mobile and PC, and then I was asking how you're planning on facilitating more competitive and esports play within the game. And he's gone. So we're in a short intermission whilst Magicraft finds some better Wi-Fi and reconnects to this glorious space. So this is a perfect time to hear from our, our ad people. Make sure you go down to bulkstarter.gg if you want to see the best reviews and guides and news and other things related to gaming. Da -da 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 -da.
Hey, sorry guys, not sure what happened there. I think uh, my phone just glitched out or something. Can you hear us now? I can hear you loud and clear. Okay, well, we you did cut out just at the end of your sentence, so that works out nicely. Um, you were just covering off the idea of having different leagues for mobile and PC, just because of the differences that people might be able to experience in the play. And I was just wondering how you're planning on facilitating competitive play and esports within the game. So, what was the question again? How are you planning on facilitating competitive and esports play within the game? I think part of it is through the tournament system. I mean, obviously, we've had this kind of ongoing thing where the tournaments that we're hosting are getting bigger and bigger. So, we originally started it with like a community tournament where we did a series of three v threes with you know we had Binance Tunke, we had um, I believe you guys had a team as well, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, nice one. And then we had uh, EZR, which was one of our professional teams that we've essentially own a, uh, own a section of. Um, that was kind of our first tournament. So that's the grassroots, right? You know, that was streamed by us, commentated by us, all in-house. What we then did is we did the, the 1v1 community tournament, which a lot of our um, amazing community members, and it's insane how good these guys are at the game. It's ridiculous. I played 1v1 versus some of them. There is no way I will ever beat them. <laughs> Um, we had one with, with those uh, literally last weekend. And with that one, we leveled it up. We had professional shoutcasters from the Philippines. Um, and then actually in July of 20, uh, sorry, July, I believe 19th, in collaboration with the Filipino National Esports League and Sigma, which is an international event one that I used to work with, we're hosting a huge tournament out there. Got about 120 square meter setup. Um, we got around 40 different esports teams taking part. And it's almost to top off our Filipino league out there. So there'll be eight weeks of tournaments um, with, I believe, eight different teams per tournament. So it's going to be a huge almost league over about two months with the grand finale being at that physical event. That sounds very impressive and very exciting for anybody that's in the Philippines if, uh, if they're able to go and attend that. So the next question I have for you, I think you've kind of touched on it already, but just for anyone that's joined up late or didn't quite catch it, um, first part is, are the NFTs heroes? And then that follows off into the, will you be adding more heroes and how will you be balancing the, um, the balance issues that come along with obviously everything MOBA? Yeah, for sure. So essentially, yeah, we've, we've got three NFT heroes so far. Um, we've got True Shot, which is almost the Archer character. We've got Vega. Uh, it's not Vega. Uh, we've got Karas, which I believe is our uh, mage character. And then, oh, I, I can't remember the last guy off the top of my head. Bajorn, maybe, who is our kind of warrior character in, in the game. So those three have already got their NFTs. Um, we do plan to do NFTs for all the characters in the future um, that are NFT gated in the lobby. So we're going to add functionality where if you want to essentially, you've got to have that hero in your nft collection to be able to play it in um the lobby so if you want to play bajon you've got to have bajon what we're also planning on building is is a number of kind of usage and, and utilities based around that 10 percent lobby fee so you know out of that 10 percent lobby fee we're going to take you know if it's a 10 dollar game that means we're taking kind of two dollars away we're going to take 10 percent of that 10 percent and send it back to the genesis nft holders giving them a passive income and we're also going to take a certain amount of that 10% and give it back to each specific character. So if Bajorn wins a game, some of that 10% um, 
lobby fee will go towards all the Bajorns. Um, long term as well, we're planning on adding in lands as well. Um, and using our kind of tech as well, um, we'll be tying in, uh, we're, we're building in the background a platform that allows us to essentially do this whole tournaments and, and 1v1s and head-to-head -head systems for all the big mainstream games. So we'll start off with CSGO, but in the long term, we'll be able to do Dota 2, League of Legends, um, strange enough, FIFA as well, Xbox games. There's kind of no limit to it. Um, we plan to have that ready, uh, surprisingly not so far away. And we'll add NFT utilities in that. And obviously the entire thing is going to be powered by Magic Craft, which is why we're still pushing this kind of um, slogan of, of MCRT will be the currency of, of Web3 Esports. Um, in regards to balancing, yeah, I mean, it's a case of over periods of time, as player traction picks up, there'll be more of a requirement to have more NFTs. So we will mint more NFTs. Um, you'll only be able to play those characters. Um, and hero balancing is, is, like I said earlier on, I suppose I already touched on it. It's a, it's a constant constant amount of just tweaking small tweaks until everything seems fair um I, I believe it's in the pipeline for a lot of the melee characters that everybody knows are a little bit op at the moment they're gonna have some drawbacks um we're, we're definitely gonna scrunch the numbers um and make some tweaks to the character meta at the moment because because i agree there's definitely an imbalance at the moment yeah it's good to know my main concern uh, with anything where the playable characters are um, the NFTs, regardless of how you do um, balancing, it then does create a situation where certain ones will be good because they're OP at the time before the uh, balancing, and then maybe they get a nerf, and then people are going to feel hard done by that they bought this character that was good at one point, he was stomping, but now he's basically useless and they're not going to be able to offload it to anyone else or do something like that how do you plan to try and alleviate that and balance them in a way that this doesn't become the norm and it isn't buying around the meta game for sure that's an interesting one and maybe we've kind of got a little bit of an ulterior to solution to that and essentially we've kind of got two solutions to that i mean number one is that we're introducing nft renting in in the near future um, so rather than having to buy one of the upfront NFTs for whatever the mint cost is, you could just rent somewhat, what, rent one from someone that already has one, play it for a day, play it for a week, play it for a month. Um, and that kind of gets rid of that problem, right? The other one that we're doing is introducing profit sharing on NFTs. So, uh, you know, at the moment there is a restriction, um, for everybody that plays our game daily at the moment, there are free lobbies that reward free MCRT if you win. And there's, um, not sorry, paid lobbies, but lobbies that are NFT gated for just essentially the VIPs, right? In the future, we'll be introducing um, a system where if you hold the NFT, you can rent it or give it to someone else for a period of time. Um, and then that person and you and the player, so the player and the investor will share in the profits that is won by that free-to-play player. Um, so both of those kind of alleviate the need to essentially buy an NFT. Um, because, you know, one of the other things is it was, we're trying to tap into, um, obviously, the investor community but also the player community um so get into almost the axi infinity model of scholarships and a spread of capital so we want mcrt to be played by you know hundreds of thousands of people and the philippines is, is definitely the biggest demographic for, for online gamers at the moment um so you know for them to earn reasonably four or five dollars of mcrt a day is, is very very easy very very feasible but for them to upfront pay for an nft that may cost two hundred dollars we want to get rid of that barrier to entry and make it you know remove those barriers to entry of entries to all.
I think accessibility is key, um, especially with games that rely on PvP, because you need to hit that kind of critical mass of players for there actually to be a game. So I think anything to increase accessibility is a really good idea. And kind of leading on from that, because you're in testing now, how's the playtesting been important for the development of the game? It's been an interesting one. And, and you know, obviously, this is the first game we've ever developed. So it's been a, a constant kind of learn and improve model, right? So we've actually just started a new a new model. So we go through essentially three rounds of QA now. So our game studio um, does the initial QA, and then our tech team does a, a second QA. We do an internal game session as well. And then we've got a select group of about 20 community members that also do the kind of ultra in-depth, you know, play 20 games on it sort of QA. So we go through multiple rounds and then we try and essentially stagger the initial QA and the community QA from when it actually goes out to fix the most important bugs. And then obviously there's always going to be more and more coming up. So we try and spot as many of them as possible and kind of fix them as soon as possible. But there's always going to be bugs that make it through, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry about that. My uh, my microphone decided to not let me unmute this time, so I was getting to chat myself. So yeah, there is always the good point of no matter how much testing you do, games will normally come out with something that is a bug. It's almost impossible to ever find or get rid of um, bugs like that. But when you're working with the community and they're doing all this testing for you, some people do feel hard done by to be used just for uh, the equivalent of, say, fr free working labor to do find all these bugs for you. Are you at Magicraft doing anything similar to like a bug bounties that reward your communities that are finding any of, the any of these bugs in the game to report to you um, between each different build phase? Or how's the relationship been with the community around doing this testing with them? Yeah, for sure. And you know what I'd say, you know, like I've worked in Web3, probably not as long as you guys, but for quite a while now. And community, like there is a difference between a weak community and a strong community. The Magic Raft community, there are people that have been with us for two years now that are just holding, constantly helping us improve. I'll give you an example. Ing here in the chat, amazing. I had a call with him. He's probably one of the, he's almost the leader of our biggest community in, in Magic Raft, and I absolutely love them. Um, yeah, we, we run bug bounties in the past. They've worked very well. We got lots of feedback. Um, like I said, we have this kind of constant improvement method and we always try and reward people. Um, so if you've, if you've ever been in the Magic Craft Telegram and you've scrolled through, you know, a couple of days of chats, I mean, there's tens of thousands of messages. But people that make really good suggestions, James tries to read, James is our CEO, obviously, tries to read all of the messages and any good suggestions, he pings our community members, please send this guy um, $100 of MCRT, for example. So, you know, the the list of people that have been rewarded free MCRT for taking initiative and spotting things and critical errors, but also good suggestions that we can improve in the product. We've tried to reward as many of them as possible and we will continue to try so. I think that's good and keeping your community on side and giving you that support really is important because as a company, you can't test enough yourself without getting enough people involved. Um, you mentioned near the start, but I just wanted to kind of circle back to it the way that you've set up the game to be able to go on traditional platforms. How important do you think it is for the growth of the game to be on platforms where traditional gamers are already looking? Um, I mean, there's kind of pros and cons to it, right? You can either integrate 
NFTs directly into the game and it's essentially the strongest it can be possibly be, right? And you gain some advantages to that, which is kind of getting rid of barriers to entry, right? But you're almost killing yourselves into like the total addressable market, right? You know, if you compare current Web3 gamers to the entire Web2 gamer database, you know, it's like it's nowhere near there. So why would you not line yourself in an opportunity where you can tap into those Web2 users before they're ready to like take on to Web3? So you're almost the established brand for these Web3 guys, uh, Web2 guys that don't even know they're playing a Web3 game. Um, you know, we've been trying to make it as widely as accessible as possible. So we're listed on um, OVO, Wombat, Elixir, Steam, iOS App Store. We're on pretty much every uh, Game Swift as well as the newest one. Well, it's sort of all these different platforms, as many of them as we can possibly be on. I mean, it takes a lot of integration time, but it, but it's worth it. You know, you pick up new users, and you make the game as accessible as possible. So I think it's a no-brainer for every game to see if they can get onto Steam. Um, I mean, even like we, we did a, a countdown to some announcements last week. So we announced that we listed on Steam or that the listing on Steam was coming. Uh, it's in June, by the way. Um, that we did a, a new fundraise as well, that we've got the Filipino tournament and that we were running a community tournament as well. So we announced them all in, I think, two days. And out of all of those posts, whether it was like the we raised the valuation of 46 million, um, the Steam one just completely destroyed it. We got 42,000 views on the Steam Twitter post um, in a week or so. So you know, clearly the community wants these high-level Web2 partnerships. Um, you know, the traction from a Steam partnership compared to a Wombat, even though Wombat has huge user bases and DEX volume, Steam just, just crushed it in terms of reception from the community. Yeah, it's great to hear about the idea of accessibility and being on as many platforms as possible to make it as accessible to anybody that needs to find this. They've got multiple places of just stumbling across Magicraft. One thing you mentioned there was the idea that people will be playing this game without fully knowing it's a Web3. Like, I doubt you're doing some sort of like smoke and mirror stuff to make sure they never find it out that it's a Web3 and they just think it's Web2. But with that sort of idea in the forefront of them joining it as a web 2 game do you have stuff in place that is then going to be there to help educate them and bring them towards the web 3 side if they maybe are interested a little bit more about that aspect of the game is there going to be some sort of like magicraft education system to help onboard them from the web 2 experience into the full whole magicraft experience of being a web 3 person for sure. Sorry, I forgot to plug you guys then, by the way. Oh, by the way, we're also listed on the PokerStarter website. They've got reviews, great content about us, everything. So if you want to know anything about Magicraft, go and jump on PokerStarter.com or .org. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it, it's a bit of a tricky one about how you traverse onboarding Web2 users to Web3. We've been working on flows, but because you have to kind of abide by certain rules on the App Store um, and, and the Steam Store themselves as well, You've you got to be a little bit kind of cheeky about how you do it. Um, when we were list, originally listed on iOS um, and the Android store, it was fine to, on the main page when you've logged into the game, um, essentially not redirect through a hyperlink, but say, get MCRT now, the, you know, because MCRT is just a ticker sign, right? In the Steam, unfortunately, we had to remove that. So what we're working on is essentially as many smart systems as possible. So we can redirect people out of the app to our social medias, but we can't direct them directly to the website because obviously that promotes NFT and cryptocurrency content. 
So we ping them to socials where obviously our most highly ranking SEO videos that come up first are generally a, a how do you onboard to the Web3 of Magicraft. Uh, we've got loads of video tutorials out there. Um, but mainly as well, I think this is going to be the biggest one. Well, I mean, that's it. If anyone goes onto the socials of Magicraft, which I'm sure they do with League of Legends or Dota 2, then they instantly realize and see all the different routes to where they can go within the Web3. What we're also doing, and this is probably going to be the biggest one, is we're looking to essentially have an integrated chat that's cross-platform. So the chat within the Web2 game will also link in with the Telegram and a chat within the Web3 lobby system. We can't directly go to our people and do like announcements and notifications within the game itself that you should go and play on the Web3 lobby to play with real cash now. But we can't stop a chat that's promoting that sort of content. Um, so that surprisingly, that should pass through all the regulations. I mean, we've got um, a team of lawyers at Magicraft that's been looking for all the essential, not even loopholes, just ways to do it that don't break the terms of service. And there are some ways to get around it. So we've been doing the best we can about being on the front when it comes to that stuff. But that'll be the big one. You know, if anyone's looks at our Telegram, it's nothing but uh, people sharing links to their Web3 lobbies um, and, and related to the token price and things like that. If we can plug that in with the Web2 game, anyone's playing on the Web2, they're going to see all these different hyperlinks. And obviously, they're clickable, takes them straight to the Web3 lobby. It sounds like a very unique and interesting plan indeed. Um, so what do people have to look forward to in the short to midterm future of Magicraft? Well, I mean, like I, like I say to everyone, you know, Magicraft isn't just a blockchain game. It's not meant to just be played. It's meant to be watched. It's meant to be the esports of, well, the Web3 esports game, right? So the big ones is we've got community tournaments coming up. We'll be doing weekly live streams with professional shoutcasters. Um, our esports teams are going to be getting a lot more active. We've just released our Asia servers. So all of the Filipino KOLs that were actually some of the biggest Axie Infinity streamers are going to start streaming as well. So we're expecting a big influx. Um, we've got some minor bug fixes in related to, to cameras and bugs and stuff like that coming up soon. But mainly tournaments in the next few months. Loads and loads of just esports content coming. Fantastic to hear indeed. And I believe one of the tournaments is hosted by none other than Polkastarter.gg on the 26th, 26th at 2 p.m. UTC. And apparently there are four slots left for teams, I am being told in the chat as I give this little plug to our tournament that we are doing. So as we're coming towards the end here now, Max, um, just to wrap it up, where should people be heading if they want to find out more about Magicraft? I would say jump straight onto the Magicraft Twitter. It's got all of our most up-to-date announcements. You'll see the Seam announcement is number one. From the Magicraft website, jump onto like the YouTube or the website as well. It's got all the information um, linked to uh, the token, the coin market cap charts, the NFT marketplace. Everything's on there. Um, it even links you to the download of the game and everything. Fantastic. Sounds nice and simple and straightforward. So everybody that has turned up for today's press play, a big thank you to all of you to actually come here and listen to us. So we are not just talking to ourselves. Uh, I have been joined again by Gaspode. Goodbye. 
You can find him everywhere as Gaspode, and thank you to MagicCraft for coming up as well. We have also got news, reviews, games, guides, and all sorts over at polkastarter.gg. You can also find me everywhere to do with Polkastar or just on George in the Meta on everything as well. I look forward to seeing you all next week for the next Press Play. Until then, have a fantastic week and goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Have a great one. Bye-bye.